so good to see you. Um, we've been talking about following Jesus. So um, I've been talking about what following Jesus means, how we do it, um, just what is it all about. You know, almost every Christian that I know wants to follow Jesus. It's the sole meaning of being a Christian, of the word Christian is to be a Christ follower. So, you know, our theme song many times is, I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back. And that's what we as Christians want to do. But to almost all of us, following Jesus is like the human race is described. You know, all different shapes and sizes and likes and dislikes and races and colors and nationalities and creeds. You know, following Jesus can be morphed into what we think it means. And even use catchphrases like, be sure to follow your own heart, live your own truth. Do what makes you happy. Be sure to fulfill your dreams. Get your needs met and be prosperous. And, and somehow this kind of thinking gets, gets intermingled in with being a Christ follower and following Jesus. So what does following Jesus really mean? If we're to follow Jesus, the Bible says we're to imitate him, talk like him, think like him, and act like him. To do that, we need to know him. We need to know how he would act, what he, how he has acted. We need to know his word. We need to see how he reacted in different situations and what, what he did. So in the second part of this series, we talked about following Jesus in his obedience to God's will. If we're Christ followers, we're also going to do what Jesus did. Jesus obeyed his father's will, and it was very difficult for him. And uh, we need to obey the Father's will too. And at times it can be very difficult for us. In the third session, we talked about following Jesus in the way that he loves mankind. You know, we get it in our heads sometimes that, you know, oh, well, we get angry or hurt or offended by a certain person or a certain group of people or whole, whole, you know, uh, nationality of people or whatever and we look down on them or, or are irritated by them or talk bad about them but Jesus loved all mankind the father loved all mankind loves all mankind and Jesus did too and that's how we're to imitate him and so for today let's go to Matthew 16 24 in the New Living Translation Matthew 16 24 it says then Jesus said to his disciples if any of you wants to be my follower, and that's what we're talking about, being Jesus' followers. So Jesus is telling what we need to do to be his followers. You must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. So today I'm going to talk about following Jesus in suffering. Because right here, it talks about that if we are going to be a follower of Jesus, we must turn first from our selfish ways, take up our cross, and follow him. You know, the New Testament has an amazing amount of things to say about suffering in a Christian's walk with the Lord. Um, and right here, Jesus tells us in Scripture what we have to do. We have to turn from our own selfish ways and, you know, in some ways that really doesn't need a lot, a lot of explanation, you know, uh, 
and I'll, I'll read some scriptures about that, but we have to turn from our own, own way of thinking. We have to turn to the way that Jesus taught us. We need to take up our cross and we need to follow him in words and in actions, his way of thinking, his obedience, and his prayer life. You know, all of those things require suffering because we are doing his will instead of our own. And that's hard to do. Um, even in a marriage, when, uh, when you have two conflicting ways of thinking and one, you know, like the wife will submit to the husband and his way of thinking, that is a suffering that goes on. And so it is in the body of Christ. When we submit our will to the will of the Father, there is suffering that goes on. Um, as we learned in the second part that dealt with Jesus and obedience, we see that Jesus suffered tremendously in submitting his will to the will of the Father. And you can go back and listen to that. It's uh, uh, really eye-opening and seeing how much suffering Jesus underwent just to do the will of the Father. So if the holy, spotless, wonderful Lamb of God had to endure this suffering, we as flawed humans surely have to deal with with our own desires and submit them to the will of God. And it talks about taking up our cross. What does that mean? Many people say, well, Jesus already bore our sins on the cross. Why should we have to take up our cross? And, and the cross here is an instrument of capital punishment. It, it means to expose yourself to death or self-denial. And you might think, well, what in the world does that mean? It means that we're, we're supposed to put to death our own desires and, and uh, submit ourselves to God. And that requires suffering. In Colossians 3.5, Colossians 3.5, which is written to Christians, it says, put to death, put to death or take up your cross or nail it to the cross. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. Or in other words, you walked that way, you acted like that before you were a Christian. But now, after you're a Christian, verse 8, but now you must rid yourself of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge and the image of its creator. Or in other words, your new self is supposed to be following Jesus. So it tells us right here so clearly that we're to uh, take up our cross, put to death, those things that are of our fleshly old nature that's full of sin, and we're supposed to uh, put on our new nature, which is following Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus suffered on that cross for us, so we're, we're uh, called to take up our cross and put to death the sinful things that belong to our earthly nature. That requires suffering and self-denial. It's required for all, all followers of Jesus. That's my ice ice maker that made that noise. It is hard. Just think about different things that uh, you have to deal with. Say say that you have to deal with uh, anger. Uh, it takes a lot of self-control and, and, and putting your flesh under and, and crucifixion of your flesh to stop being angry. Or maybe you like to lie to people. 
or maybe uh, you talk bad about people behind your back, or maybe uh, you have a problem with drinking or taking drugs or eating too much or being lazy. I mean, you could, everybody is afflicted with different things and different things bother them. And everybody is tempted to do different things. And it takes putting that part of ourselves to death to live for Christ. You know, we live in a world and a society right now that tells us that when we're born again, God's grace covers everything, that we don't have to worry about sin anymore, that we're free to be ourselves. You know, guilt over sins committed is looked at more as a curse from hell than a gift from God to help us toward repentance. But God has made us, if we're sensitive to the Lord, to feel guilty when we sin. And when we sin, we're to repent of it and turn around and not do that anymore. You know, there's a false gospel of comfort and self-fulfillment, you know, that we should never feel uncomfortable, never feel pressured, never feel guilty, never feel corrected. And that's just not the pure gospel that Jesus lived or preached, and it's not the gospel taught in the New Testament. Let's look at Romans 8.12. Romans 8, 12, and again, this is written to Christians. Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, but it's not to the sinful nature, that nature that I've been talking about, to live according to it. <clears throat> For if you live according to the sinful, nat sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. So we have here taking up our cross again, putting to death something. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. <coughs> you know, when we talk about taking up our cross, you know, Jesus' suffering washed away our sins. Our suffering doesn't do that. It does not save us. Our suffering can never save us. But our suffering deepens our relationship and commitment to the Lord. And it lines us up closer to his will and his word. And it helps us to be a follower of Jesus. That's why the Apostle Paul writes in Philippians 3.10, in the NIV, 3.10, Philippians 3.10, it says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in death, and so somehow attain to the resurrection of the dead. Now, it's hard for us to really grasp why anyone would want to join and share in the fellowship of anyone's suffering, especially the suffering of Jesus Christ, which was the most severe suffering that anyone on this earth has ever endured. But when we share in Jesus' suffering, especially the suffering of obeying him and putting our will, taking our will to the cross and nailing it to the cross, um, we share in a, something wonderful and uh, something glorious. You know, we've talked about submitting uh, our own desires and will to the will of the Father and laying down sin, but you do, did you know there's also suffering that we endure when we're rejected for the sake of the gospel, when we suffer persecution? In 1 Peter 2.20, it says, but if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, it is commendable before God. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. 
So Jesus left an example of suffering and were to follow in his steps. Verse 22, he committed no sin and no deceit was found on his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, him, he did not retaliate when he suffered. He made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. So when we're Christ followers, when we're following Jesus, when people hurl insults at you, do not retaliate. Um, Take that as a a path of suffering that we're following Jesus and we make no threats. Uh, We entrust ourselves to the Lord. And this is really good to to follow in so many uh, areas of our lives. In our homes, when we're insulted, don't retaliate make no threats against the other person, but um, suffer that suffer that indignity or that persecution for Jesus Christ. Now, this does not mean that if you're in an abusive relationship that you need to, to take that, but just in our everyday lives, you know that that happens. On the workplace, um, <clears throat> with your friends, um, and even in uh, church situations or in especially in our climate right now in politics, a Christ follower does not retaliate when insults are thrown and a Christ follower does, does not make threats. Um, we also see this in 1 Peter 4.12. It says, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering. See, Christians suffer Christians suffer. When we follow Christ, we follow him in his suffering also. So, dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you. See, a lot of times the gospel is preached that if you're uh, following Christ, everything's going to go okay. And if something difficult happens, oh, we think something must be wrong. We We must be doing something wrong. But the Bible says don't think it's strange when you go through suffering. Verse 13, but rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. If you're insulted for the name of Christ, if you suffer in that way, you are blessed. Um, for the glory of the spirit of glory of God rests on you. Isn't that awesome? If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed for the spirit of glory and of God rest on you. If you suffer, it should be not as a murderer or a thief or any kind of criminal or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear his name. See, there's glory, wonderful glory and grace in suffering. Peter Peter, uh, talked about suffering when he was addressing the religious leaders of the day. In Acts 5.41, Acts 5.41, it says, The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news uh, that Jesus is the Christ. I have a dry throat today. 
So they went from house to house and they went to the religious leaders and they were uh, persecuted. They faced suffering. They were disgraced, but it was for the name of Jesus. And they found great rejoicing and great blessing in that. In Luke 21, verse 12, it says, Before all this, they will lay hands on you and persecute you. That is suffering. They will deliver you to synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors and all on account of my name. That's the name of Jesus. This will result in your being witnesses to them. But make up your mind not to worry beforehand how you will defend yourselves. For I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. You will be betrayed. That's suffering. Now listen to this. You will be betrayed by parents, brothers, relatives, and friends, and they will put some of you to death. All men will hate you because of me. So I know some of you have experienced that. Some of you have not. But the Bible says that people will hate you because, because you are a Christ follower. But you're blessed. <laughs> you're blessed because you're following in the footsteps of Jesus Christ. You know, it, you know, uh, this dealing, like Peter talked about that the Sanhedrin, the, you know, the Pharisees were, were in a, a big way persecuting Christians. And it makes me think of, current day Christian ministers who they themselves are called the devil or Jezebel by other Christian people. Um, that's just really sad. They have to endure this kind of persecution from other religious leaders. And it happened in the days of the apostles. It happened with Jesus. You know, the people that were, were the loudest in shouting, crucify him, crucify him were the religious leaders of the day. So if religious leaders that you know are not following Jesus and the way he taught us to act, then you need to follow different you need to find different religious leaders to follow. And a and a great gauge of whether your Christian leader is following Jesus is just the word of God, simply the word of God. That's why we need to know the word of God so well. <clears throat> My husband and I have been rejected for sticking with the Bible over pop popular political trends of rel the religious right that were not in line with scripture. You know, just because someone says they're conservative on or on the right or religious right, you need to make sure that their views line up with scripture and that they're telling you the truth. And that takes some research, that takes some digging, that takes some investigation, but just don't take things uh, for granted, or, or as truth, just because a religious leader says it, find out for yourself. Read the Bible yourself. Jesus was shunned and persecuted by religious people more than any other group of people. And these religious people had great big followings, but the people following them did not know and put the word into God of God into practice. They uh, were not following the scripture they were following religious leaders so i just i just <clears throat> um encourage you strongly encourage you to look at scripture and see what scripture says about our words and our actions our thoughts and how we're supposed to be acting in romans 5 1 in the niv it says therefore 
Since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into his grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering, now these are things that suffering does, suffering produces perseverance. So that's the first step. Suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character. Character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom he has given us. So when we're suffering for the sake of the gospel, someone's persecuting you, calling your name, shunning you, uh, saying that you're not really a Christian because you're sticking with the holy written word of God, rejoice, rejoice because you're following the footsteps of Jesus. And to do this, we need God's help. We need God's strength. We need the Holy Spirit to help us, to enable us, to strengthen us. And I encourage you to depend on him because we all need him to follow Jesus. And you wonder, well, why isn't this talked about in my church? Why aren't churches talking about this? I'll tell you why, because people don't want to hear it. <laughs> people don't like to hear about suffering. It's kind of like politics. They tell them what they want to hear so you can get votes. Well, a lot of churches, a lot of pastors have to tell people what they want to hear. They have to tell them everything good and wonderful or people won't come to their church. So to keep people in their churches, you need to tell them what they want to hear. Thus, pastors end up having people follow them instead of Jesus. Because if you tell them what Jesus said, it's not always pleasant and there is a way of suffering. There is a, a point where we have to put down our own desires and our own fleshly uh, tendencies to follow Jesus. And people don't like to hear that. You know, there's whole segments of the church here in the United States, I'll say, that have words from the Bible, from the Bible, that they will not use so they can acquire and keep followers. Uh, words like suffering, that's what we talked about today, and oh, so many churches. This would never be preached as part of the word of God, but people don't want to hear about suffering, so they're not going to preach about it. Sin. Uh, the blood, or hell. Those are words that in some churches they're not allowed to use. The preacher does not allow it used in his, his ministry because people don't want to hear about it and they want to keep their followers. Let's remember that according to Jesus himself, following Jesus requires suffering. Suffering to put away the desires of our sinful nature, suffering rejection, and suffering persecution. So let's remember the great rewards of suffering for Christ. Um, I'm going to repeat the scripture I started out with, Matthew 16, 24 in the New Living Translation. When Jesus said to his, then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And I just encourage you in that to give your life totally and completely to the Lord. And 
this is, you know, you make a one-time decision when you, when you get born again, when you get saved, but it also is a daily decision to uh, walk according to the word, to walk in love, to walk in obedience, to uh, walk a holy life. And these are struggles that Christians deal with uh, very often <clears throat> because we have our own flesh to deal with. We all have things that we like to do that aren't, aren't uh, uh, recommended by the Lord. <laughs> and so we need to suffer, put our flesh, keep our flesh under control and suffer through that. And there will be great rewards for you. The word of God promises it. Well, if you don't even know what I'm talking about because you've never decided to be a Christ follower, I encourage you to do that today. Uh, you know, I talked about a difficult subject today that they're suffering, but oh my gosh, there are so many great rewards. Just the reward of being a child of God is, is, is awesome and wonderful in and of itself. So if you have never done that, I encourage you to repent of your sins. What does that mean? Be sorrowful that you, you know, acknowledging that you're a sinner, decide to turn away from that and turn to Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior and ask God to forgive you and he will and he will make you a new creation, the Bible says. The Bible says that old things will pass away and you'll just become a new creation and you'll be full of the power and, and love and mercies of God. So I encourage you to do that. If you uh would like to contact us, you, our uh, phone number and our email is uh, on this uh, information with the video. And also you can reach us on Facebook Messenger and uh, or, or by putting a comment. So we love you guys and we hope that these messages have blessed you. And I will see you next uh, week. And also Pastor Terry will have a great message on Sunday. Bye-bye.